Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to this Disney Insights Podcast. Well, no Disney Cruise is typical, and this is no typical Disney Cruise review. Our family spent four nights on the Disney Dream, which sailed out of its new home in Fort Lauderdale. We look at the good, the bad, and the quote-unquote petroleum port ugly of that arrival experience. We then set sail only to arrive in Nassau where the U.S. State Department has issued a travel advisory after some 18 murders on that small island occurred since January 1st. We then look at the realities of that as well as talk about our own family's personal experience where our two youngest children, both who deal with autism in their own way, experience well, their own ups and downs. Trust me, it really was a good cruise, but I'm ready for my vacation from my vacation. Find out more as we experience a cruise on the Disney Dream. Be sure to check out DisneyInsights.com where we're going to have a lot of photos that we're going to talk about different things such as the uh, uh, Fort Lauderdale port arrival experience and also Nassau you're going to want to check all of this out, especially if you are considering a cruise sometime in the future out of Fort Lauderdale. There are some advantages to that, and you may want to give it uh, some consideration. So um, be sure to check that out and subscribe to uh, DisneyInsights.com so you can be notified of upcoming posts and podcasts as they occur. By the way, when you get a chance, please visit your, well, your podcast as iTunes or wherever you take your podcast from, if you could make sure you offer a positive rating if you feel so, and even possibly a review for this, the, uh, well, the smallest podcast that ever could. We really, it really helps us to get the word out as we grow listenership to this podcast. And um, make sure you also have a chance to check out our YouTube page, which is Disney Insights, and our Facebook page, Disney Insights. So, Without further ado, let's talk about this cruise. And it really begins with, well, Fort Lauderdale. Now, we live in Orlando, so make a commitment to go to Fort Lauderdale is, well, it's better the better part of about three hours, just a little bit more than that, to travel from our home to that port. Now, I've been in Fort Lauderdale many, many times. We vacationed there. I love Fort Lauderdale. I've enjoyed our time at the beach there. There's a lot to love about Fort Lauderdale. Not that I necessarily found it while we were on this cruise, but there is a lot to love about it. And by the way, I should mention, if because I'm afraid I won't mention at the end, but, but the fact of the matter is, is the uh, Fort Lauderdale uh, International Airport is really five, 10 minute Ubers drive to the port. Um, and so if you're flying in, you know, it's kind of a hassle to go into Orlando, unless you're going to Walt Disney World as part of your vacation, it's kind of a hassle to fly into Orlando um, and then take a, a, some kind of charter or bus or something out to Port Canaveral. So if you are flying in, take a look. And, and indeed, one of the things that made this attractive to us was that the rates were a little bit lower um, and it was a slightly different schedule that really worked for our itinerary. So it may offer you some things that um, you're not gonna get otherwise. Now, I believe the Disney Dream will ultimately be leaving for Europe 
this summer and I want to say the Disney magic will be in its place. I'm not quite sure, but notwithstanding, uh, Disney has established a home, a fairly long-term home in Fort Lauderdale. And um, we, you may want to give it some consideration. Now, before we boarded or headed toward the port, I met up with my brother who lives down in Fort Lauderdale at a place called Lester's Diner. It's a sprawling 50s-style coffee shop diner kind of experience. Great prices on food and lots of breakfast items. So that was a perfect match uh, for the time of day we were, we were meeting up. Um, it wasn't in the best part of town, but it wasn't in the worst. But my brother was also saying that some other restaurants down the road from that restaurant had had reports of travelers coming off of cruises and having their um, cars broken into. Um, so be aware there, like every town, it has its really great areas and not so great areas. My challenge is, is that given where we left from Lester's and it was really just literally driving straight to uh, the port, as my brother told me, so I didn't really remap it or anything. And it was a straight drive, but it was a straight drive to a guard gate, which did not seem very inviting. They asked us, we explained we were there for uh, the Disney cruise and they asked us to show our reservation and that was fine. And they gave us a little green card to put on our, our car and then gave us directions of where to go. And, and very shortly we were arriving at the terminal. Now the problem was, is unlike Port Canaveral where you see the boat as you are coming into uh, the Cocoa Beach area, and you see the terminal as you are arriving. In fact, you drop off your suitcases right in front of the terminal. This was none of that. What you see is a big um, parking car, parking lot garage. Um, parking is about $20 a day. It was for a four-night $80 total. That was not unreasonable, especially because in in towns like Fort Lauderdale, Miami, and so forth, you can pay quite a bit in parking um, fares. So I thought this was reasonable, but um, but we, you kind of pull into that parking garage and the, and the bottom floor is where you actually drop off your luggage, your suitcases and so forth. It's not a very inviting, and frankly, it was a little confusing. In fact, I kind of wondered if the person I handed my luggage to was indeed a legitimate member of the Port Authority or the crew that was supposed to be taking luggage. They didn't have any Disney, um, unlike what you see usually when you are at the Disney terminal in in uh, Port Canaveral, you didn't get that same, that same kind of vibe that we're all part of the same thing there. And, and the, but our, our luggage ultimately did arrive and arrived um, practically at the time we checked into our room, which was 1.30 and that was really cool. Um, but, and when we got there, because we kind of finished up, uh, we got into Fort Lauderdale a little earlier and we finished up a little earlier. So we actually arrived, we were 11.45 check-in. Um, we arrived about, I wanna say 10.40, maybe 10.50, somewhere in that neighborhood. But that time period between 10, well, you could see actually people still leaving uh, the ship as we were coming in um, to uh, the terminal. 
And so it's very confusing at that point, and they didn't know really how to deal with everyone because they hadn't opened up the actual terminal inside the terminal yet. So there was a lot of chaos as to where to go and what to do, and it did none of this. None of this at this point was making anything of a positive impression. And I think first impressions aren't really important. I talk about it in my business programs um, that I provide through performance journeys. First impressions matter. And there was nothing between this, this petroleum port we were going into, between the garage, the, the mix-up of people coming and going. There was little to, to say this is a really positive uh, first impression, which is where, you know, your your energy is ready to get on board and get excited and be a part of, of the magic of that experience. And yet it was just, hmm, huh. any rate. Um, so we actually did, what it was good is at 11 o'clock, while they had a little space for those who were concierge to come in first, basically we were among the first 50 to walk in and they had us all come in at 11 o'clock. There was no, oh, you gotta come back at 11.45 or none of that, which is kind of a pain at Port Canaveral. I understand why they do it, but it um, it was um, it was easy going, getting into the building and going through the security process of moving, you know, checking in and, and getting in there went very smooth within about five minutes, we had presented our papers. Of course, we had done the online stuff beforehand, and we were um, headed toward a seat, waiting for our names to be called or our number to be called. We were number seven, and uh, and we um, the the interior of the terminal is beautiful. It has a Finding Nemo vibe. Again, you could see photos of all this including the parking garage. You see photos of all this in DisneyInsights.com. has a very strong Finding Nemo vibe to it. Lots of blue bubbles on the ceiling. In fact, your, your eyes, unlike the Port Canaveral experience where they did a lot of work on the, the floor and in terms of detail, but you can't see it because everybody's standing and walking around on that floor. You could lift your eyes up to the ceiling and it was very... Um, it was uh, very inviting. Uh, there was an area above, uh, the, by the way, this is not a brand new terminal from any impression I had. This was a remodel of an existing terminal, but it was a beautiful remodel. There's a separate area up above for concierge to gather. And, um, and so they were going up the escalator to do that. And honestly, it, um, it, it, it was a very, it was a very positive experience waiting. They started calling people at 11.30. Uh, the first groups after concierge, they started calling the first groups. It was one through five and then one through six and then one through seven. And lo and behold, we were on the boat and we were probably on the boat by um, 11.45, which was our designated time in the first place for arrival. And yet we are now on the boat. So everything was very efficient. The terminal was very beautiful. Um, you, you walk in and you know they announce the family and so forth and that's fine too. But the thing that really caught my eye as I walked in was there was this massive display. Again, I've got a photo of it showing Marvel Day at Sea. And you're looking at this, it's right almost 
just it's just left of the entrance to um to the restaurant there in the atrium area and you're looking at this and going are we one of those marvel day at sea groups i don't remember that in our or maybe maybe the last group was marvel day at sea or well maybe they're just advertising that they do marvel day at sea we couldn't figure it out i thought well maybe they just hadn't moved it off because they trying to make the transitions and they were going to move it later that thing stuck around for the entire cruise it wasn't an it it served to advertise but it wasn't necessarily an advertisement it was this, there was no text to say sign up for upcoming cruises or these dates or anything like that it just said marvel day at sea with a lot of comic book graphic and icons on it it looked beautiful but it really made you kind of after a day or two, you're just kind of feeling like, okay, yeah, I get it, I get it. We're, this is not Marvel Day at Sea, and that we really should have gone on a boat that was Marvel Day at Sea. We get up to, um, to the top of the boat, and um, my son, by the way, I have two um, children who deal with autism. My daughter is very high-functioning, and this trip really showcased how she is increasing in her independence and it was really positive in that regard our youngest child our son bigger than life he's he's taller than i am um and if you've seen him around walt disney world he's the one walking around with a plush penguin in his hand at any given moment um and he is much lower on the spectrum and he wanted to go to the top he wanted to go see the boat leave but unfortunately it's not even noon and we've we've got several hours before the boat leaves so trying to manage that was the first challenge we use a thing of a chart with tokens on it for him doing certain things so he will um, do those things and then we 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 reward him with something which usually is a visit with Donald Duck and if you uh, heard our previous podcast at, which was on the Disney dream the last time he was on the ship he went crazy for Donald 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 so much that at the end of the voyage I whispered to Donald I want to thank you and your friends for being so patient and so kind with my son I was even emotional at the time I said it lo and behold and that was the last day at night of the cruise the next day as we were getting ready to walk out of our staterooms to leave I find a note to the door from Donald Duck with his photo saying speaking to my son specifically and saying thank you for joining us on this cruise we love your penguin always remember Donald is number one you know it was just so sweet I, I, I just cried in that moment because I really felt that they they got they understood and, and Disney characters and many of the crew and cast do both on the Disney Cruise Line at Walt Disney World and other places but man uh Disney characters really get my son and I really appreciated their patience but at any rate going back to it we're on top of the boat and we're looking down now I find because I thought this terminal had been fashioned similarly in that kind of art deco style of design like the um Port Canaveral one turns out that well it is but it's on the it's on the outside of the terminal portion which portion faces the the water you don't even see it arriving by car 
there there is no way you you don't even see it walking around the building because you don't walk around that portion of the building all these you only see it when you're on the on the boat and even then it's it it was just kind of it felt like a miss it really felt like a miss what should have been again a moment where you got excited Nah, it was just all in the wrong place and then when we got to our stateroom you know, again, at 1.30, thank you, because it was really wonderful to get into our, our rooms. But our view for the next several hours before we took off, and I show a picture of this too, is of empty lots and and cargo boats and petroleum holding tanks. It is about as ugly as ugly gets. It was, it was really disappointing. Now, we had two adjoining rooms that we were fortunate to get um, but they did not have a door that got you back and forth in interior doors that opened up to each other and it you know what i didn't even know that the and this is important because you may not know it either but um so so you know if you're in adjoining rooms like that usually um the host the stateroom host will ask you how you want your beds arranged, but they'll also ask you if you want that, The there's kind of a door that swings open between the two, we are on verandas, and it swings open between the two um, porches of the veranda, which could have been really much more convenient for us getting back and forth between. I don't even think I was in the other room uh, more than twice in the entire experience. It was just kind of, it was kind of funky. I wish I had known that. The thing that really caught my attention, though, when I went to the veranda, besides this ugly port, is that the veranda railing was totally chipped away. Needed to be sanded down, needed to be repainting. And when you overlooked at it from the sixth floor, which was where we were at, you were basically overlooking the yellow rescue boats, which, by the way, um, in... Uh, another podcast I talk about um, I talk about this aspect of it and and about how this was um, designed to be yellow as in Mickey's shoes um, and um, and how that's just one of those uh, places where Disney really pays attention to detail and by the way DCL podcast, uh, you're going to want to check it out in a couple of days because they're going to do a podcast that I recorded with them where I talked about best in business practices. Again, part of my experience, my organization performance journeys looks at best practices of great organizations. And you can see lots of great practices in the Disney Cruise Line. I pointed them out in the DCL podcast. So make sure you check that out um, with Christy and Steve. It was just a great time to be with them. I talk about the yellow boats, but in this case, I was looking at these yellow boats and they look like they needed cleaning. And this just, that plus the image of the port, none of this was making a really great first impression. It was very disappointing. Uh, we did the whole cabana's lunch thing. That was fine, although we had had breakfast earlier, so we weren't that hungry. Um, but we kind of did the kind of did the usual kind of things and, and again got settled in our room and so forth. One of the great things about the about COVID, if there could be a great thing about COVID, was that the mustard drills 
allowed you to go individually at any time that afternoon when you checked in to your station and check in and take a picture of to verify that you've been there. It was a very smart approach to it. Unfortunately, that um, that went away at the end of COVID and now we're back to traditional muster drills. And again, with children who deal with autism, this has been, this, the sensory experience of those alarms going off is not a pretty picture. Fortunately, my daughter has really matured and she really dealt with it well. Just standing out there and so good about it. My youngest son wanted nothing of it. He wanted to stay inside. I could not, we, we explained to the staff our situation. I have to say, they were so supportive and so understanding. They really made the difference and they allowed uh, my wife and, and son to stand kind of apart from the group. So we they weren't part of the same cluster. Then he made sure that the demonstration with the life jacket could be seen by her as well as the rest of the crew. It was just little details. And, and when the whole thing ended, we were allowed to go leave and go back to our room first. So our, ahead of the crowd, so we weren't caught in all that. It was just really wonderful how the staff really, or the crew supported us in trying to get through that mustard drill with him. Um, you know, it is important to be there. It's always, it's amazing people who don't show up to this thing. In fact, actually, I thought it was a little funny because I felt like um, a lot of people arrived much later on board the ship. I, one of the things I noticed is right towards, as we were heading toward dinner, the outlets that are right, um, uh, and I'm not even going to name them, but the ones named after, I think they're all named after aspects of cars, but you know, where you can get a hamburger um, or a salad or pizza and that type of thing. All of those were crammed full of people wanting to get food who had not had a chance to get any food. So it was kind of interesting to see how people probably arrived because there was not this long line of people getting into the terminal right at 11. It was it seemed like they came much later. Maybe it's because they came by plane that morning and they were still you know, trying to get to the ship. I don't know, but anyway, it was kind of one of the interesting things there. So again, going back, um, our son wanted to see the boat leave. So we tried to explain he could see it from the veranda, but a no can do. He's got to be at the top and the front. And so we spent a considerable amount of time up there. Finally, the boat took off. Um, and by the way, uh, to the left, as you sail out to sea, uh, there are some really beautiful, um, really lovely neighborhoods on one side. But again, I, I, I kind of thought about how ports compare with each other. Uh, Port Canaveral has a better terminal arrival experience. It's, um, Cocoa Beach is not uh, the biggest win, but it really is a solid Disney feel when you arrive. And it's really got a pretty good terminal arrival experience. It all also really helps to, even if the, there are other boats besides Disney's boats there, it's kind of fun to see all of the excitement. Um, our boat was the only one in port that day. Uh, that changed when we got back. There were actually five boats uh, 
to include ours when we finally got back on Sunday morning, early Sunday morning. Um, so that was it's just kind of an interesting thing. Now, Miami, I love the port area in Miami. The terminal is just okay. Lots of banners and that type of thing to dress it up somewhat as Disney. But it's not Disney's terminal. And it's all very temporary looking. And But, but when you stand on the ship and look around you, the port... That whole area is really impressive. The skyline and everything. In San Diego, the same thing. You get the beauty of downtown San Diego. It's a better port area. But of all the terminals, I'd say it was the most disappointing in terms of how it was simply dressed. Vancouver, when we did it last summer with our Alaska cruise, it had both an impressive terminal. It wasn't a Disney-style terminal, but it was an impressive terminal. And it and a better process because you also entered in through a parking lot garage, but they really knew what they were doing in that experience. And frankly, the whole port area in Vancouver is also very impressive. So it varies depending on where you go, but I think the arrival experience is important. And, and that's why I choose to, to mention it. Now, um, I want to just mention the Navigator app. I've been, you know, and I know some of you are still missing the old paper version that provided the daily schedule. The app I've increasingly used every trip. And this one, this time, I always looked at the schedule of things. I never put a little heart and then was able to separate that out to a, a list. I, I did that on this one. It really does make it a lot easier. A little time investing in the app is worth it. Now, what I missed on the app, and are two things. I could see no place where the weather was being stated. And because you don't have internet, you can't go to your weather app to get the weather. And that kind of mattered on this trip because it was much colder weather than we expected to have um, throughout the cruise. The other thing is, is where are the maps? Why is there a map layout of the cruise ship? And more importantly, why isn't there a map layout like you would have a park map? you know, map layout on your Disney World app or Disneyland app, where was the where was the map of Castaway Key? Now, I say that because maybe I missed it. Maybe I need to do more hunting. I noticed when I went through the survey, they asked you, which things did you use on the app? And I clicked off a number of them, but one of the things they mentioned was weather and, and maps. And I'm thinking, okay, is this a trick question to see if we really did look at the app? Or did I really miss this? Because I don't remember seeing either on there. I mentioned the Disney characters earlier. Man, they were solid. They were solid in their performances. The three shows were fantastic. Although my son insists on sitting on the front row. Oh, don't worry. The front row, far right seat. As far right as you go, he does this in Mickey's Fellow Magic. And and Finding Nemo the Musical, it is the strangest thing, I have to admit. But he likes sitting on the very, very far right. Does not does not work in 3D films like Muppet Vision. Um, doesn't work, but that's where he wants to sit. Doesn't matter. You, well, what was kind of cool about that, maybe it's, well, he doesn't see it in 3D movies, but he was able to kind of see what was going on in the in the wings, you know, as the scenes were proceeding. I Maybe he was intrigued by that. I don't know. I certainly was. It was close enough that I really 
could appreciate so much of what was going on in those shows. Costuming, I, I don't say enough about costuming. You know, Donald, he's got a costume for everything. He's got Donald the island guy, Donald the pirate, Donald the sailor, Donald the regular guy. I mean, it just it was always something new in Donald every time you turned around. And, and the, the level of detail in those kinds of things just really is quite amazing. Um, the Mickey Pirate Show, we actually stayed for, which we never really do. And, you know, it's kind of a kid's thing. You know, everybody participate, audience participation thing. But I got to say, it was cute. And boy, there was a lot of energy between uh, the crew and the characters. I really can't say anything negative about it. I will say all of this was, I don't know, I was maybe struggling a little bit with my energy level during the week, but I fell asleep that evening and missed the fireworks, which was a bummer. I cannot emphasize enough that you should always see the fireworks when you're on a Disney cruise ship. It doesn't take long and it's always fantastic that you can see fireworks out at sea. Um, but I missed it on this situation and we didn't do much of the adult shows or entertainment because it was really about our children. Not like we did with, uh, our Alaska cruise, but entertainment was fine. About a day, day and a half before we set sail on the Disney Dream, the U.S. State Department came out with a travel advisory urging Americans to quote-unquote exercise increased caution in the Bahamas, specifically NASA. Quote, gang-on-gang -gang violence has resulted in a high homicide rate primarily affecting the local population. Uh, however, um, violent crimes such as burglaries, armed robberies, and sexual assaults occur in both tourist and non-tourist areas. Be vigilant when staying at short-term vacation rental properties where private security companies don't have a physical presence. The Bahamas was listed at level two. Exercise, um, and that's out of, out of four advisory levels. And, and what was funny is the prime minister, Philip, Edward Davis, uh, Prime Minister of the Bahamas, would go on to say, quote, we remain a level two alongside most tourism destinations. The incidents described in January 2024 U.S. Embassy crime alert do not reflect the general safety in the Bahamas, um, the country of 16 tourism destinations and many more islands, end of quote. I, there had been about 18 murders that had occurred since the beginning of the year. And um, now, mind you, we weren't, we have done, we have done NASA many times. I think this was our seventh time in NASA. We have done the whole Atlantis experience. We have taken out our own rental car. We've hired a taxi cab driver to drive us around. We've done the Pirate Museum. We've done endless walking around look at the straw market and the different stores. We really didn't have any interest before this, nor had we booked anything to do on NASA. It was really about our kids. If I had my brothers, I would love to get on a catamaran or something, go snorkeling way off shore. But that wasn't really what was going to work with our kids. And so we didn't... Uh, we didn't have any plans. We were thinking maybe going to a place that had some think bird sanctuary or something but but we really hadn't decided on that either and then this announcement came out and 
I have to say, um, if you have listened to me talk about Disney, the one thing I say repeatedly is that Disney is great on safety. It's the first standard in their keys. They emphasize safety in ways you can't even imagine at levels that you can't appreciate. And that especially is true on Disney Cruise Line. They have repeatedly shown um, huge capability in terms of safety practices. That said and done, I was a little surprised that there was no discussion from the Disney Cruise Line. I wondered if 90% of the people on board that ship even knew um, that, that that had been put out there. Maybe Disney saw because it was level two and not three or four that it really was similar to maybe taking people to Italy on the cruise ship, that it really wasn't a whole lot different. I don't know. It kind of bothered me. I have, But I have to say, I have to trust and assume positive intent on Disney's part. Um, what has happened in Nassau, and it was being finished up last time we were there. Well, it opened kind of like last May. Is that the arrival experience in Nassau, they've got a port of entry kind of area with shops and restaurants and eateries and and a big amphitheater. It is really very lovely. And I show images of this. There's a, um, a Junkanoo Museum. There's a port marketplace. Uh, there's place for, you know, this is where you're going to get taxis and, and go on your different um, ventures and so forth. It was really well done in terms of layout, in terms of color scheme, uh, even tied to the straw market, uh, which had been redone. There was a lot to like about this. It, um, and I did take 20, 25 minutes to kind of walk it through and take a look at it, take some photos, which again are on DisneyInsights.com. Uh, the disappointing thing, and by the way, if you really want a deal, you really want to go to the straw market for souvenirs but after you've been to nassau a couple of times you just kind of none of the souvenirs seem really interesting after you spent time in the islands and so really didn't do a whole lot and frankly even though there was an msc had their cruise ship there as well the whole area seemed pretty sparse in fact i sensed that there were certain days when there were no cruise ships and nothing in that area open i couldn't figure out why there was an amphitheater to do a whole bunch of concerts. It just seemed like there wouldn't be anybody there. I've heard that for people who stay, who go, who fly out to Nassau and do a vacation there, maybe stay Atlantis, what they found is that there isn't really anything to do at night. So maybe this is also becoming a nighttime destination for outdoor concerts and things of that nature. I don't know for sure, but as it relates to the cruise, it, if, if you really don't want to do the whole Nassau thing, if you don't have a specific interest, that is an area you can check out. It certainly felt safe. I had no reason to believe that there would be any crime issues in that immediate area. And I'm glad I saw it because I think, I, I applaud them for the effort they have made to try to really improve that area. If you, I remember my first cruises, you stepped off and it was total chaos with taxis and and people trying to hawk you for a ride, and it, it was just messy. This is, this lacks um, energy, 
but it but it does prove itself in terms of being um, well designed and well thought out. So that was our second day, our first day at sea. Our second day was Nassau. Our third day was uh, Castaway Key. Um, and again, I talked about this in the DCL podcast about how, again, paying attention to details, there are some really good ones there because um, one of the things, one of the challenges that exists on small islands like this in the Bahamas is that their immediate surroundings are very shallow waters. And so, in fact, if you've been to, if you've been to the adult area of Castaway Key, you know that the waters there are very, very shallow. Well, they found a perfect little place that they could dig out and, and, um, um, and put in a place where they could dock instead of having boats tendering you from the water. And that's, that's a huge investment on Disney's part to create that. Um, and it's nice to be able to step off. When I stepped off, I happened to notice uh, that um, there, were, there were workers scrubbing and sanding and welding and painting off the side of the ship. So I knew there were people doing things to make the ship look better. It just hadn't reached my room yet. Um, there was a little homage, uh, kind of a fencing Colorful fencing that uh, paid uh, uh, recognition. It says it's to those um, in Castaway Club. It says in recognition of the families who have sailed with us more than 50 cruises, the cast and crew of Disney Cruise Line are pleased to showcase this display as our gift to celebrate the amazing and countless memories you've shared with us over the years. Thank you for being part of the Castaway Club and here's to many more magical moments. And I would say there are probably 50, 60, 70 maybe names that were up there. Certainly room for more. Uh, 50 times, that seems, well, you know, we just, we're just on our 11th cruise. So if we'd started sooner, maybe that would be um, something. But in our in the DCL podcast, I mentioned uh, the attention detail paid by Imagineer Wing Chow. Um, I happen... One of the very cool things about that you don't notice is, you know, people talk about the windows on Main Street. There are lots of little signage pieces that pay um, tribute to uh, leaders who have uh, worked with particularly the Disney Cruise Line. Um, but um, in fact, it, it was big thing that Bob Chapek's name was put in in one place and then it was removed and Bob Iger's name was put back in there, so forth. So that was kind of humorous. One of the um, signs I had never seen was something that said Diomaro Dock um, Trawling Company. That's actually at the pump house, which is very close to where the ship is. But there are other signs out there. I found one to be uh, Campanone. Um, who was the vice president of Signature Experiences for Disney. I found another one that was a tribute to uh, Russell Daya, who um, was executive director of global port operations and developments, itinerary and strategic planning. So there are lots of people who actually they make tribute to. 
the other thing I'll say that caught my attention is I was waiting for the tram to come along and I was noticing the palm trees and I thought, you know, these palm trees, a lot of them have been brought in and planted. If you look at other parts of the island, you don't see that. I mean, they, they, they live very well in that environment, but they are not they're not really part of the original natural landscape of Castaway Key. They have brought in hundreds of palm trees. Um, and it, it's just interesting the kinds of details you find when you are either on the Disney cruise ship or even at some place like Castaway Key. We had a great time. We enjoyed it. Our daughter went biking with my wife at one point while I spent time with my son something hit her eye she didn't know what it was an insect or something flew in or she didn't know but by the end of the day it had inflamed and ultimately she had to spend time in the infirmary which by the way uh, is really well run the infirmary charges about 60 dollars a visit when you go there uh, you may not be aware that there is a charge it's like going to a uh, you know, healthcare, centric care kind of place. Um, ultimately, they gave her some stuff to take away some of the pain, ointment, and so forth. And ultimately, her eyes improved. But, but, um, but that really enhanced all of her anxieties and over stimulated her senses. It was hard for her to even come back to Animator's Palette that evening for dinner. We ended up having that meal sent to her in her room. They had done it the night before with my wife, who ended up having to leave early with our son. We just really, again, there are moments where our children really kind of struggle on this. The food and beverage. Um, so I, I, my wife made a comment after our last cruise. She says, you know, I don't think you really like a lot of food because every time we went through those dinners, they were very nice. And you always just said, meh, meh, meh. So I decided to have a better attitude. Um, I, I thought, if nothing else, I'm going to put salt and pepper on this thing to make it taste. Because so often the flavor is a little bit bland. But the bigger problem is that the menu is always the same. doesn't matter what ship you're on. You always seem to get the same menu. Except, by the way, The Wish. The Wish has very different menus and kind of upgraded menus. Um, and yet we keep going through fried brie and escargot and French onion soup, you know, in the, in the Royal Palace and just the same kinds of menus. And not that I hate them. It just seems like it'd be a really good opportunity and probably would enhance your attendance if you tried some, something a little bit new there. Um, and I made an effort, by the way, to try something new every meal and not just go with the same thing. And that made the whole thing enjoyable. We had great servers as we had great stateroom hosts. Um, wish we had tried out restaurants more at lunchtime. We found in our last cruise that really is a more enjoyable lunch experience. But again, with our kids, it didn't work out that way. And we ended up at cabanas more often than we cared to. Uh, we now are eligible to doing Palo um, gratis because of our status, platinum status, but because our kids are with us and they're still a gold status, we didn't do that and we wouldn't have wanted to take them to Apollo. It wouldn't have been something they would have appreciated or enjoyed. 
um, had a, uh, we did get as platinum members chocolate truffles given to us as a thank you gift, and Dave and Leah Sinola, who, uh, who um, of course are with Sinola Travel, provided us uh, some some gift cupcakes, specialty cupcakes that were in our room waiting for us when we first checked it. That was a nice little treat. Uh, we were able to change our dining time. It was originally a later hour. Um, and that was so easy to do. We just went downstairs to the second floor after I arrived and was second person in line, maybe. And they just did it. They made it happen. It wasn't a big deal. Um, and on the day of debarkation, I'll just say there's some things that it's interesting what they have and what they don't have. You know, you'll get your pancakes, but you won't, you won't get your Mickey waffles on that day. So um, at Cabanas, that was another situation where we really kind of wanted to have the morning. We only had the dinner the night before and and Madison had missed that because of her eye. So we really wanted to have breakfast. But honestly, our son was ready to get off the boat and we just felt like if we were waiting in the lobby for our number to be called and you never know which one's going to be called next and so forth that um it was he was going to become really impatient it was going to be a bad experience and so we decided that we would do the express checkout uh where we went up to cabanas we got to cabanas like 6 45 6 yeah about 6 45 ate a quick meal there came down, I want to say that it's 7 to 20. They called for all aboard or anyone who was going through Express to come out. We left, we left our room at 7.20, 7.22, something like that. And by 7.37 in the morning, we were in our car in the parking garage. It went that quickly and my hats off to their ability to manage the process. Port Authority was, it was all very seamless. Of course, we didn't have to get our luggage. You can't when you're on Express, you have to bring your own luggage. A little bit of a challenge, but honestly, it was, it was a seamless process and we were out of there in no time and we were back home uh, by 11 a.m. that morning. Um, so, um, and leaving, by the way, was interesting. We found a better way to exit uh, when we took a right out of the parking lot instead of the left where we had come from. And actually, there's a better arrival way you get to, to get to the port. You don't have to go through the security gate. So I kind of learned something there. Um, you can get through it that way, but it's it just, again, I will say debarkation was... was um, very positive for us as we left the ship. Well, um, while our children are adult children, I think that in summary, um, our trip is probably like a lot of you out there. It's really about the kids. We had our trip in Alaska. We've done other trips solo before. This one was about our children. And for our son and daughter, despite that little event with our daughter's eye, it was a very positive experience for them. They had a great time. Now, it came at a price. There was this really difficult conversation I had with my wife before I got on, in which she said, you're not bringing your laptop on board, are you? Laptop means I was going to work on my book. Um, and so 
<sighs> I tried to be a better father by leaving my laptop at home. That was hard. I don't think I've ever left my laptop <laughs> away from me for so many days. Um, so, note volume two of my new book, uh, A Century of Powerful Disney Insights, maybe coming out a little later than I had hoped, but you can still order the first one. So definitely check that book out. Get that book. But at any rate, um, I came away kind of wanting, a, and even with that, I still came away kind of wanting a vacation from our vacation. But there was a seminal moment that occurred, I think, on the last night of our cruise. Um, because I couldn't stand the chip paint. I didn't spend, I didn't feel like I got my money's worth on the veranda. I felt it always just kind of drilled in me. And anyway, it was dark out, so I couldn't see the chip paint anyway. And I went out to the, the veranda and I sat there for a while and I looked out at the sea and I thought, Finally, after a few minutes, I realized, Jeff, you're missing it. You're so focused on the here and now, on the thing in front of you, the chip paint and the yellow boats that need wash. And you're not looking out at the great big blue sea and the beauty of it. And there's a whole horizon out there. There's so much ahead of you. And that was a real learning point for me. That was the aha that I took away from this trip. Don't look at the chip paint in life. Look at the blue horizon beyond it. I think that when you do, you get um, a better experience out of life. For me, my family is part of that blue horizon. There are some some chip moments, <laughs> some some tough moments in the now but the big eternity of things my children and my wife they're the things that matter and they are the big blue horizon out there hopefully you can find your horizon and focus on it rather than the little things well that's all i have to share for today my thanks to Dave and Leah Zanola they are listed in the show notes and also at disneyinsights.com when you get ready to do your Disney cruise, contact David and Leah. You're just gonna wanna do that to get everything ready for your cruise. They will be so helpful, it's no cost to you. And um, make sure you check out uh, Performance Journeys, which sponsors this. And um, you know, we provide motivational talks and keynotes and seminars and workshops for people who are trying to improve their organization and the teams that they are on, give us a call. Let us know how we can help support your performance journey. I know I'm still on mine and learning something new every day. In the meantime, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.